Murphy, Nebraska Congressman Don Bacon, TV host and author Ainsley Earhart, master ventriloquist Willie Brown, country crooner Billy Dean. Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Filbury. And now, here's Mike What a great group we've got here tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to begin tonight paying tribute to a magnificent human being who was with us here on the show that aired in September of 2019. He's Holocaust survivor Edward Mossberg, and he just passed away this past week. He was a magnificent guest on our show. He actually wore uh, one of the prison suits from Auschwitz, which he was in. Uh, as a young man, and he passed away in his 90s. He has been one of the most remarkable people in telling the story of the Holocaust and made a wonderful success here in this country. Here's just a little bit of our visit with Edward Mossberg. God bless United States, and God bless you, all of you. And thank you for listening to me. It was a special evening, and the audience gave him that night a spontaneous standing ovation. Uh, such a powerful, powerful presentation, and one of the greatest people I've ever met. And my heart is broken that he's gone, uh, but what an impact, an indelible impact of perseverance that he has left for all of us. Now, for those of you who haven't been able to afford a vacation this year because of the Biden inflation that is robbing you of a full month of your earning and spending ability, I just want to say don't despair. Now the Biden administration is making it possible for you to see places in America you didn't think you could even afford. Simply get to the Mexico-Texas border and walk across with the other 2 million people who have already come across this year, and then you might get a free plane ride to exotic locations like Martha's Vineyard, San Francisco, New York City, or Washington, D.C. Absolutely. And when you arrive, you'll be given free gift cards to do some shopping. And your meals will be paid for by the generous and hardworking American taxpayers. But as I reflect on what the government does that ticks me off, you know, I realize I got lots of things to get off my chest. Things that irritate me, offend me, or just flat makes me even crazier than people think I already am. <laughs> now, because I travel every week and usually several days a week, I hate it that airlines want to charge me a change fee of $200 if I change my flight that maybe I paid for several months ago. Now, almost every flight that I'm on, it gets changed by the airline. They change the time of my departure, the time of arrival, the connection time, you name it. But here's what I got to thinking. If they're going to charge me if I change my flight, how about me charging them every time they make a change? 
I honestly think I'd come out way ahead on that one. Now, let me give you a tip. When walking through airport concourses, here's a friendly reminder. Walk on the right side of a crowded concourse. Instead of schlepping your suitcase directly into oncoming traffic of people trying to get to their gates. Unless you're from England, you drive on the right side of the road, so walk that way, okay? And if you decide, <laughs> some other people have traveled, huh? And if you decide to suddenly stop, think about stepping over to the side instead of just blocking the path. And by the way, I want to do something about toe fungus commercials on TV. <laughs> you know, the ones that run right at dinner time and show close-up graphic photos of people with disgusting yellow toe fungus. Ugh. Ditto for those commercials that show people with skin rashes or unsightly open wounds. I don't need to see that anytime, but please spare me at dinner time. And by the way, I don't need to hear details about some of the diseases and their treatments. Look, I'm truly sorry if your bowels haven't moved in a month, <laughs> but don't tell me about it. And frankly, I wish drug companies wouldn't suggest that we have every ailment imaginable whose symptoms really aren't that bad and certainly not life-threatening, but they can be cured by a drug that just costs $1,000 a month. Then they list the side effects, which include loss of appetite, constipation, diarrhea, hair loss, unsightly rash, itching, shortness of breath, heart palpitations, fingers falling off, and foul body odor. And by the way, I don't need for my grandchildren to hear about some product that helps with intimacy problems, and then they end up asking, hey, Papa, what does that mean? My gosh, the cures are sometimes worse than the maladies. And here's another thing. Let's get rid of self-checkout. Because if I wanted a job at Walmart, I'd apply for one, okay? I'm sorry, but when I go to the store, I want to purchase produce, not weigh it. And no, I do not need an extended car warranty. I don't need siding for my brick home. And I don't need a magazine subscription to Modern Bride magazine. And if you're a company and I call for help, but I've got to answer 74 questions in your phone tree before you will even tell me to use your app, but then your app doesn't answer my question or resolve my issue, I'd like to bust you right in the app. I really would. <laughs> and if you feel that you need to wear a mask, look, that's fine. I got no issue with that. But do you really need to wear it in your car when you're all by yourself? I mean, really. I mean, are you afraid of getting COVID from the radio? <laughs> and if you work in the food industry, I realize you're probably instructed to ask people if they want fries or a slush with their burger. But at least think about what you're saying. I was in a McDonald's once and I asked for an ice cream cone. The server asked if I wanted ice cream with that. <laughs> I asked her if she sold many without the ice cream. Of course, it didn't really matter since their ice cream machine was, of course, broken. <laughs> so, there you have it. I'll bet you have your own list of pet peeves. It might feel good to get them off your chest. But do it soon before Twitter and Facebook ban you for saying it and the FBI raid your house because you had the audacity to express yourself in what once was a free country.
Don Bacon served nearly 30 years in the U.S. Air Force before retiring as a Brigadier General in 2014. He continues his service to America today in the U.S. Congress. That's where he represents Nebraska's 2nd District. He's got one of the most bipartisan records in Congress, but he says that reckless spending and energy policies by D.C. Democrats, that's responsible for the mess of the economy. And we need to flip the House red in November. Please welcome to the show Congressman Don Bacon. Congressman, I guess in fairness, I ought to ask, what ticks you off? <laughs> oh, there's, there's quite a good list. Of, first one is maybe Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. She, uh, she's pretty ruthless in the House, but she won't be the speaker around January. Isn't that good to hear? Yeah, I, I think that America will be better off when she is uh, maybe retiring and heading back to San Francisco. And I don't mind if they fly her back there the last time on a government jet just to say, bye-bye, I'd be fine. It'd be worth the flight. It would be worth the <laughs> flight indeed. Um, all this speculation about the election, and, and obviously much is at stake, much more than I think people truly can appreciate. We heard for a while there's going to be a red wave. Republicans would definitely take the House. Now, may not be so big. What's your assessment? Where are we? Where are we going? Will the Republicans get their message right and get it to the American people? And how will this thing turn out? It seems like in April, May, and June, we were going to pick up 30 or 40 or 50 seats. And then there was this perception, maybe with the Dobbs decision, which I don't buy. I'm a pro-life uh, person. Yeah. But also there were some victories that President Biden had uh, in the Congress. It, it appeared that maybe that lead got shrunk. But I, the polling in this past week, you're starting to see... The Republicans picking up steam again. Uh, in the end, I think it's still too early. Uh, when it's all said and done, I think the average voter is going to be mad when they go to the grocery store. Yeah. They're paying 39% more for eggs, 19% more for milk, 25% more for energy. And who here is getting pay raises at those same amount? Mm. The average family has lost $5,000 in purchasing power. $5,000. Over a year, for a year. Wow. And so I think that, that will drive... I believe most. And then today, we just saw what happened with the stock market. So there's $3 trillion in lost savings accounts this year. And you know, Congressman, I think a lot of senior adults need to realize that, and, and they know this already, when the stock market really begins to falter, it's their retirement yes. that, that falters. If the stock market drops by 25%, that's their retirement that's tied up in those funds. $3 trillion in lost retirement money. $3 trillion. $3 trillion since January. And I've talked to so many folks in Nebraska. They're going to have to delay their retirement a year or two. This is having a significant impact, but just day-to-day -day impact. When you're paying 30% more for, right, you know, on average, it's 13% yeah. more for groceries, but for some, it's even higher. Your pay's not going up that much. The average no. pay's gone up 4%. So the American con consumer, the American worker, is falling behind, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. In most big cities, crimes, crime is up 40%. Yeah. Murders, the assaults. And then you look at the border, and it, there's a lot of debate, what, you know, on a human, humanitarian, what do you do with people that want to come here for a new life? But 150 people are dying a day from fentanyl overdoses, yeah. which is coming up from more of the border. That is a crisis. You know, I, I'm so glad you brought up the fentanyl issue because mm -hmm. that's not a border issue. 
That's touching people in every one of the yes. 50 states. That stuff is getting everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the sad thing is, uh, sometimes people say, well, you know, there's a 19-year-old kid, he overdosed. He didn't overdose. He took one time, yeah. something he thought was just an innocent, going to make him feel better, maybe even, even in the right. middle. Yeah. Yes. And it was fentanyl laced. Mm -hmm. And his mother found him dead in his room the next morning. And yeah. I, I mean, those are horrible stories that are happening yeah. to families up and down the economic scale. Just the other day, we had four kids overdose in Omaha. Ah. It's all over our country. And has our president gone to the border once? He has put no attention on the border. And the fentanyl, it's made in China, a lot of it, and it comes yeah. through the southern border. And I, I see this as a dereliction of duty, frankly. Uh, he has not protected Americans by doing due diligence as a leader on the border. And, you, and it's having an impact in Texas that we could never have seen two or three years ago. We had a county in Southern Texas that's 79% Hispanic, has never elected a Republican in 100 years, mm. Re just elected their first Republican. Because people are angry about they it. They see it, yeah. they understand it. Right. Congressman, I want you to stay with me because I want to keep you for another segment. And when we take a quick break, we'll be back and continue our focus on the midterm elections. We'll be continuing our con uh, conversation with Congressman Don Bacon. So uh, we'll ask him a whole lot of issues about the economy, the election. Do not go away. We're going to be right back, like it or not. And I know you're going to like it. Still to come. Ainsley Earhart, Robert Dobby, country superstar Billy Dean, and a whole lot more, all tonight on Huckabee. MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. Welcome back. We are talking with Congressman Don Bacon of Nebraska. Congressman, you served in the military for a long time. You were uh, a Brigadier General in the Air Force. You don't get to be a flag officer without a, a successful and significant career. First of all, I salute you for your Thank service you. to this country. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your military record. But this week, we've read that the Air Force Academy is going all woke, and they're now instructing the, uh, the students at the Air Force Academy to be very sensitive about the proper pronouns to use and to make sure that there's diversity. I'm, I'm curious. I know you've got your congressman hat on, but I want you to put your Air Force hat on and tell me, is it the real need for the Air Force to worry about diversity and whether or not we're saying the right pronouns? Is that more important than having a lethal fighting force out there? When I was home over the month of August, I heard from so many parents saying, we don't want our children to join the military right now because we want them to join the meanest, the toughest yeah. military in the world, defending the greatest country in the world. And they're hearing this more woke social engineering story. So the military, as a minimum, has a messaging problem right now. Now, I don't think it's as prevalent. You hear the, you'll hear the incident here and there. I've been on the bases. I think they yeah. are focused on it. But what the average person's hearing is this day in and day out. If I'm the four-star, if I'm Joe Milley, Secretary of Defense, I got a strategic communications problem, and they need to fix it. Because yeah. the Army has only met 40% of its recruiting goals. 40%. And we, if, we do, if that goes on for long, we are in trouble. We and are. so we have to fix when, when I came in in 2016, <clears throat> 
we had half the airplanes couldn't fly. We were training our folks inadequately, so we had all these collisions at sea. We fixed that. So what I see now is a different readiness problem. We can't get enough good people in the service. And so the, they're going to have to come up with a strategy to fix this. And what attracts people in the military is about serving the greatest country in the world and being the meanest, toughest people on the planet to defend this great country. And that's what the, our folks have to communicate that. And I think there's not a person certainly here that wouldn't agree with that 100%. Right. If Republicans do take the House in November, uh, realistically, what can we expect? Because I don't want to get our hopes too high. I realize they still don't have the White House and may or may not have the Senate. But, but what does that mean practically for the average American citizen? Out of the U.S. House, under a Republican-led speaker, uh, you'll see the House clamp down on reckless spending. We're going to try to we need to get our budget and, and start working towards that balanced budget, just like we did in the late 90s. Yeah. We had a Republican-led House. Uh, you're going to see us push energy independence. We should not be reliant on any foreign power, maybe with the exception Absolutely. of Canada. Absolutely. <clears throat> so refreshing yeah. to hear that. Right. We have to identify what products in China that we cannot afford to have them shut off. So yeah. in other words, the supply chain, we need to study it. And those products that come out of China that we rely on, we got to have a plan to bring that back here or to our allies. So for example, rare minerals that we rely on, we should not have to rely on China for that. We are right now. We can do a lot of that right here in America, but because of our environmental standards and things that we're doing, we, we force the stuff overseas. So we need to re relook at the supply chain and not be reliant on China. So those are some of the things we'll do on the economic side. On the American security side, you'll see the House push a secure border. We'll finish, we'll finish the physical security, hmm. add more technology, more courts. We'll work on, we'll support our police as well. Uh, we, we have a real big shortage right now in police recruitment. We're, we have to maybe partner with our local and states to help, help recruit you know, better law enforcement or more law enforcement. Yeah. We need more. I think you'll also see more oversight. There's been, the Democrat-led House has done zero oversight on this administration. So we need to look at the DOJ, yes, the IRS, do. yep. and have them answer hard questions, right? And I think there will be an outcry right. that you have to do it and a yeah. seething anger if you don't. Right. People have that expectation. Congressman, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you, not just for being here, more than that, when a guy retires as a brigadier general, you don't have to go do the work of Congress. You could do anything you wanted to do, and every company in America would love to have somebody who made it to the rank of flag officer. But you decided to serve the people of Nebraska and the people of the country. And uh, I just want to say thank, thank you. you. And, and yep. you're doing an effective job. We, we, what we do is we love our country. Well, yeah, and that's a we, good reason to do it. We, we live in the greatest country in the world. I Ronald Reagan was the first guy I campaigned for at 13 years old in 1976. I love Abraham Lincoln. I love, I love what our country is, but you have to be involved to protect it. And that's Absolutely. what this is about. Thank well, God bless you for doing just that. I know our audience is going to want to follow the congressman on social media. You can find the links to him, as always, at Huckabee.tv. And I hope you will follow him, pray for him. Help him. You can contribute to his campaign if you live in Nebraska. Like all, you can go out and walk the neighborhoods and help him because we need him to stay. Right now, Keith is predicting a wave of great guests after the break. That's the wave we're looking for, and he's going to tell you about it right now.
Well, get ready to laugh with ventriloquist Willie Brown and friends. Then Mike welcomes TV co-host and author Ainsley Earhart. Still ahead on Huckabee. Welcome back, everybody. My next guest has performed with top stars from Steve Harvey to Jamie Foxx. Plus, he's got a brand new dry bar comedy special called I'm Beside Myself. You'll see why that makes a lot of sense in a moment. He's also an ordained minister. He's the chaplain of a women's correctional facility, and he's a very funny man. Would you please put your hands together for Willie Brown and Uncle Rufus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You all are too kind, you're too kind. Oh, I, I wanna give a shout out to my lovely wife, Sherry, who couldn't be here with me tonight. She's a very spiritual woman, <clears throat> likes to put these spiritual messages on my Facebook page whenever I leave home to perform. There's no temptation known to man that God has not given you a manner of escape. I'm like, resist the devil, he will flee from you. I'm like, Sherry, who are these messages for? Me or your friends? He who has an ear, let him hear. I'm like. All right, everybody has a favorite uncle. I want you all to meet mine. Please put your hands together and start clapping. Give it up for Uncle Rufus. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. What you going to do? I'm going to do the stinky leg. <laughs> oh, y'all should have seen me on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Uncle Rufus, you were on Dancing with the Stars. You don't know. You better ask somebody. <laughs> Carrie Ann Donatha gave me a 10. Oh, yeah? What'd you give her? Gave them my phone number. <laughs> that girl fine. <laughs> you know she fine. <laughs> Uncle Rufus, do you know where we are? Do I look like not Quest to you? <laughs> Every time I get out the suitcase, we in a different city. <laughs> Look here, we gotta travel, huh? People pay good money to see us. Oh, they pay good money to see us. That's right. Well, how come I can't see none of that good money? <laughs> I know what it is. You know what it is? Yeah, I come from the old school. The old school? Yeah, that's the school they had before they built the new school. Some of these promoters, they want to make money off of you. Yeah. But they don't want to offer you no money. <laughs> well, you must be living on a fixed income. No, I'm dying on a broke one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember you when you was a baby. You remember me when I was a baby. That's what you just said. <laughs> You had the biggest head of all the babies in the incubator. And I can see now the swelling still ain't gone down. When you was in school, you was in head start. <laughs> you was the head of the class. Look, Uncle Rufus. 
You're not gonna be talking about me all night. We ain't gonna have no show. <laughs> I used to work with your grandmama down at the Walmart before I retired. I didn't know that. Yeah, we were the greeters. The greeters, yeah. She would greet you on the way in, mm-hmm. And I would, would greet you on the way out. Well, what would she say? Welcome to Walmart. What would you say, Uncle Rufus? Where is your receipt? <laughs> well, we got a beautiful, beautiful audience here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I ain't seen this many white folks since my trial. <laughs> What are you saying, huh? It's gonna be something. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, Uncle Rufus. It's a beautiful audience, and I enjoy looking into those faces out there. Yeah, and some of them faces need looking into. <laughs> no, this is a really good church-going crowd. It is. Yeah, anybody out? If you go to church, raise your hand. If you go to church. All right. Oh, the one that didn't raise your hand. I guess you're going to hell then. Uncle Rufus, come on, come on. I just want to tell y'all, uh-huh. I really just came to tell y'all, mm-hmm. I forgot what I'm going to tell y'all. <laughs> come on. Christians ain't terthic, all right. Christians ain't terthic, we just forgiven, all right. I like that. Yeah, that, that, that's profound. Yeah, yeah. Why would you say that? Well, I was in Biloxi, Mississippi last weekend. Yeah. And I, I see some Christians down there at the casino. Well, how do you know? I saw the church bus parked out front. <laughs> well, what were you doing down there? I went in there to get them folks up out of there. <laughs> Nest around and got caught up on a slot machine myself. <laughs> That's what sin will do to you, see? I know, I know. Uncle Rufus, they told me you were a man of the cloth. Well, uh, I need out of cloth. What that told me? Oh, they said you were busy in the church. Yeah. Well, do you hold any special position in the church? Yeah. What position do you hold? <laughs> Wake me up when somebody get delivered. <laughs> Uncle Rufus, you got to be doing something. I am doing something. What are you doing? I'm the head deacon. All right. Now you're talking. And why are you the head deacon? Because they wouldn't let me be the pastor. <laughs> and why wouldn't they let you be the pastor? I don't know. Something about some money was missing. <laughs> but that wasn't me. That was Brother Randolph in them. That was the auxiliary. Okay, okay. You doing anything else? I'm an usher. An usher. A usher. You like to tell people where they can sit? No, I like to tell people where they can go. <laughs> My name is Willie Brown. This is Uncle Rufus. You guys have been great. Hey, God bless you. God bless you. Hey, Willie, we're great. so glad to have you and Uncle Rufus. Thank you very thank much you. for coming to be with us. Thank now, you if you want to see more of Willie Brown, and I bet you do, just head to Huckabee.tv. We'll give you all the convenient links, and that includes how to follow Willie on social media and how to see his new dry bar comedy special and book him in your area. Yeah. Now, I don't want to put words in Keith's mouth, but I bet he's about to tell us what's still ahead. Oh, you read my mind. TV journalist and author Ainsley Earhart will be here next. Later, swoon with 
singer Billy Dean all tonight on Huckabee. September 26th is National Family Day, so we wanted to invite someone who feels like part of all our families. Millions of Americans start their days with this next guest on Fox and Friends. She's also a New York Times number one best-selling author. She's got a brand new children's book. It's dedicated to her daughter, Hayden, and it's called, I'm So Glad You Were Born. We're kind of glad she was born too. Please welcome Ainsley Earhart. You know, Ainsley, we've had Brian Kilmeade on a couple of times. We'd so much rather have you, and I want Brian to know that, okay? He's a little funnier than I am, though. No, he just thinks he is. That's the difference. You just got back from quite the week. I did, I did. Queen Elizabeth's funeral? I I know. Martha and Pierce and I, we did the coverage this past summer in June for her jubilee. So I felt so honored that she was able, that we were able to go and do that and honor her life because what an incredible woman she was. I found myself from a Christian perspective when I was coming home on the plane, just saying, God, make me more like her as a human being. Obviously I will never be a queen, but um, her, who she is, her character and her duty to country and family. I just was blown away by some of the things, the way she would weave God into her speeches. And she loved Billy Graham. Mm. She had, you know, she was very good friends with him and he came over to meet with her for the first time and they just had a great friendship. I want to talk about this wonderful book. It's for children. I'm so glad you were born. Thank you. You know, I think it's a wonderful thing to just give children a sense of affirmation that their parents loved them and they were glad they were born. I mean, that's that's a great message. Where did this come from in you? My mom said that to us on our birthdays when we were growing up. And so when I got the job on Fox and Friends, it was Steve Ducey's birthday. And I said, I'm so glad you were born. And the whole crew, everyone behind yeah. the camera started laughing and he started <laughs> laughing. And I said, I know it sounds odd, but if you really think about it, this is the day you were born. And I know Christmas is such a big deal in our household. Birthdays were kind of a, a big deal, but uh, when, when I had my daughter, mm-hmm. I only have one child. I was 39 years old when I had her, and I had a miscarriage before, so I was so excited to have her, and I was so glad she was born. So I say that to her all the time, and I want children, you know, we've gone through so much, yeah. and kids have gone through so much. I want them to know, and many of us are working all the time, or my mom and dad, my dad would work so many jobs. My mom worked full-time, and so sometimes the kids don't hear this message, so it's just a chance for parents to slow down and read this to your child, grandparents, um, for a baby shower, for Christmas, whatever it might be. Just a message of, we're so glad you were born and we're celebrating your life. And the picture on the front is the dance party. We have those in our apartment oh, all that's the time. Wonderful. We bring out the big Tupperware <laughs> container. Yeah. You probably do this with your grandchildren, with Sarah's kids. And we bring out the big Tupperware container and put it in the kitchen and pull out all the child, you know, children's instruments and crank up the music and just run around the house. And we just have fun. I want our house to be an oasis. Isn't that a beautiful thing? But for a mom to say to her child, 
you are really, really important to me because everybody's busy. Everybody's got things to do, but to pause. And and I think that's the power of the book is, and the subtitle, celebrating who you are. Angelie, one of the things that I've admired about you so very much is that you're very honest and open and candid about your faith. Uh, It's not that you're pushy about it, but you're not afraid to let people know what makes you tick. Well, thank you for noticing that. I, I feel like so many people, I went to journalism school. There were so many people that were qualified for my job. And I know that God put me there for a reason. And um, I think about that quite often. And I just thank him. I want him to guide my life. And I love where I am. And I love being on Fox and Friends in the morning and waking all of y'all up in the morning. And I'm so <laughs> grateful. So grateful. And you know, they're but, not even mad at you for waking them up. <laughs> they love you. I mean, you, you really are. Thank you. I, I just think one try, of the most beloved people. I want to talk people. about it, but I don't want, I, I do, I'm not trying to push it. I just love the Lord. He's yeah. done this in my life and bless me and bless me and bless me. So I know if I stop talking about him, yeah. then I feel like, I feel like God put me in this position because he knew I would be bold. And I think that's really the only reason. There's so many other people that would be just as good or if not better than I am on that show. And I'm just grateful and I'll continue to to go wherever he takes me. Rarely do I argue with my guests, but let me argue with you. No (laughs) one would be any better than you have been. I think America adores you. They love getting to know you. And you're part of all of our families in the morning. Well, um, and... We love you. We love you in our house. Um, we love. You. We just. We love the fact that you were a minister and that God has turned um, you into this wonderful politician. And then now you have your own show. I'm so proud of you and your family. And Sarah Thank you. did an amazing job. What a tough job. Uh, that yeah. has to be the hardest job in the country, other than being president. It, it's a tough one for sure. And I have a feeling that her children are going to be hearing Papa oh, read this book to them. That means so Because much I to think me. it's just such a great, great story. Thank you. I hope this is the number one children's book in Thank America. You. Not only do you deserve it, but America needs it. Okay. They really do. Please so uh, get this for your kids and your grandkids. And be sure to follow Ainsley Earhart. And to get the book that I just mentioned, I'm so glad you were born. To know how to do that, go to Huckabee.tv. We have links to everything that Ainsley ever thought about doing. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is going to tell our viewers what he's been doing and what's coming up on the show. Well, hold on to your laptops. Mike talks to my son, Hunter director, Robert Dobby, next on Huckabee. shop.huckabee.tv and get your very own Made in the USA Huckabee mugs, t-shirts, and more. I'll tell you what, every week when we do this show, one of the great thrills for me is how Trey Corley and the Music City Connection rocks the house, and they just did it here again. Give them a big hand. Well, Keith just told you about our great Huckabee shop, but if you need another reason to go there, we set up a fan appreciation sale. You can get 25% off your entire order through this weekend. We really appreciate all of you being fans of the show. And by the way, I don't get a cut out of the stuff that's sold. 
I think Keith does, maybe somewhere on the side. I don't know. He's got a deal going. I, oh, I have no right. idea. That's true. No, he really doesn't. <laughs> well, our next guest, Robert Dobby, is a very familiar face and name from hundreds of TV and movie roles. Also as a columnist, radio host, and a brilliant Sinatra-style recording artist. Now add to his resume director of the new movie, My Son Hunter. Warning, it shows some things that even Hollywood won't show. So that ought to tell you something. Maybe they would if Hunter Biden weren't doing them. Would you please welcome my very brave friend, Robert Dobby. Give him a hand. It is great having you here. I, I told you backstage, next time you come, you're gonna do music because I love when you do Sinatra music. It's absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Now, I wanna be very honest with our TBN audience because you know most of our folks are uh, probably not prone to watch films that have, uh, let's just say very <laughs> blunt language, uh, graphic depictions of everything from drug use to intimate activities. But that is the story of Hunter Biden. So I, I would say to people, this film is not rated. I would rate it RRR, probably, because it, it's, it's his story. Mm -hmm. And it's not a pleasant film to watch. And if people are sensitive, they probably are not going to enjoy it. But you decided that that story needed to be told. Yeah. Why? Well, I was frustrated at what we were watching in America in terms of what the media did, uh, burying that particular story, the Hunter Biden laptop story, and also the attacks on uh, the Trump administration, the Russian collusion and everything else. And th there was no one able to, it was so buried, it frustrated me. So when the script came to me, I says, I want to tell the story. And it's not explicit sexually. It's not that there's a little bit of, you know, nice little lingerie stuff with the girl and stuff. And you wouldn't show it on Sunday morning in church, I'll put it, yeah. No, I wouldn't, not, yeah. not the whole film. Yeah. You'd have to block out a bunch of those parts. <laughs> But no, it's not, it's not that. But what's important about it is we don't demonize. I don't demonize the drug addiction um, because we're suffering from that in the nation. Sure. We have fentanyl pouring into the nation and everything else. And uh, I've had family members that have had that. I'm sure many people have had that in their lives. And we have to be sensitive to that. And you pray about that. And I've done a lot yeah. of research on that over the years. So that's not demonized. The father-son relationship is what I focus yeah. on and how this wounded child was perhaps out of the wanting his father to love him so much and never living up to his brother Bo, was now hitting a crack pipe and going to this Chinese spy chief in China or Burisma in, uh, in, in China or Bucharest or in uh, Ukraine. Uh, so it's, it's uncovering the absolute corruption within that, within that circumstance. There's a a little clip of the movie. Tell us about it, what we're gonna see. Yeah, well, Devin Archer was his best friend, a guy named Devin Archer. And he, uh, I think they were college uh, roommates and stuff, and they were in Burisma together. He even went to, with Joe Biden, telling him about the gasoline stuff, and they were in multiple deals. And Devin Archer, this is an actual text, back and forth. We're just gonna show, I think, the part of Hunter's response, but it's actual their words. Uh, he, he was telling Hunter, that his family basically left him out to dry, mm. that he didn't get any protection from the family. Devin Archer's in prison right now, but this is the son 
explaining to him what he should do because he wants him to keep his mouth shut. Hmm. All right. Every great family in the United States is persecuted. You, you are part of a great family, not a sideshow, not someone to be abandoned in your darkest moments. The Bidens are different than your Biden. It's the price we pay for power. Mm. Robert, you know, when I saw the film, one of the things that, that I thought you did very brilliantly in, in directing it, it's not so much about Hunter and it's not the illicit things that he did, but it really is helping people to understand the relationship with his father and the father's involvement in Hunter's business. Mm -hmm. And the press doesn't want to talk about that, but that is the story, isn't it? Yes, that's the crux of the story. Also, the collusion of the media against the American people knowing the truth. To me, that's a big indictment because by the end of the film, you see where every single news media denied, 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 and denied yeah. until Miranda Devine and the Post said, broke the story. And now you've seen even Jeff Zuckerberg, or, um, Zuckerberg has said that uh, he was told by the FBI to squelch the story and it affected the election in our nation. Hillary Clinton said yesterday that there was a MAGA salute, that was a Nazi salute. I mean, it's so repulsive to me it that is. they want to demonize, you know, and thank you for what you're doing because I look at him, he looks like a, a Sean Connery with that beard on. <laughs> I'm looking at him. <laughs> and I, I know I played a Bond villain. <laughs> but, well, you're not a villain here. Robert, I want you to know, you'll never be a villain to me and to our audience. And I just want to say, you know, so many people in Hollywood keep it quiet what they really believe. And you have no idea how much I admire you and respect you because you have put your entire career at risk to be who you are and to speak out, not so much for the, the right side of the political battle, but for the freedom in America to be able to say what one feels. Thank you, my friend. Thank, Thank you. you. You know what? Thank you. I say this. We have people that have given their lives yeah. for our freedoms. If I have to give a career, so be it. Hmm. What a you great what perspective. All I, can do. I know you're going to want to keep up with Robert Dobby, his movies, his music, and we're going to have him back when he gets a new album out next year, I promise you. If you want to know how to connect with him, visit Huckabee.tv anytime. We've got all the links right there. Speaking of music, Keith is going to tell our viewers what we've got coming up next. Grammy-winning country star Billy Dean talks to Mike and performs with the Music City Connection. That's next on Huckabee. Join Mike next week for comedian Mike James and country music star Craig Morgan. Well, one of our very favorites is Billy Dean. He is a Grammy-winning country artist with 16 hit singles, including five number ones. His classic song, Somewhere in My Broken Heart, was named ACM Song of the Year. His first new album in a decade is this one right here called The Rest of Its Mind. The last time he was here, he lost his voice. He had total laryngitis. But we've never lost our enthusiasm for having Billy Dean on our show. Let's see if he's found his voice yet. 
Let's give a big welcome to Billy Dean. Billy, we love you whether you got your voice or not, but it sure is good to have you here. <laughs> if you're going to sing, it's kind of nice to be able to do it, isn't it? It is. You know, Sam was so good. He stood in for me last time. I was yep. so embarrassed uh, that I had gotten laryngitis. So thank you, Sam, for you stepping in. And I said, man, could I please come back to the Huckabee <laughs> Show and show everybody I have just completely lost it. You know, th there are very few people that would have an open invitation, but Billy Dean is one of the people that will always have an open invitation to the show. You. You've been with us several times, and we always enjoy it. But I tell you what's exciting. Now, this first album that you've done now in, in how long? Ten years? Ten years. Wow. Um, I thought the 90s were was just done. You know, I moved yeah. back to my home state of Florida, and I'd been writing songs for other projects. John Schneider has a movie coming out. I've written a song for that. And uh, But then my publicist, who you and I both know, Don yeah. Grubbs, called me up and said, man, according to Spotify, you're the most discovered 90s artist by Generation Z. Really? Like, Who is Generation Z? <laughs> is that like the 90-year-old 90, 90 plus? Or is it, no, that's, that's not the Z team. That's the uh, bunch of young kids, you know? And so I thought, well, man, I'm, I'll try to make an album, you know, for that for a little bit of younger yeah. generation, have a little fun, show a musical side of me that nobody's really seen or heard, you know? Well, you know, your music has always been timeless, and I guess that's why it makes sense that Generation Z is saying, who is this guy? We love him. But I think this is a, a kind of a whole new sound for you. When I was listening to some of it, I'm thinking, my gosh, that sounds like maybe uh, Jimmy Buffett style music, you know, yep. coastline and uh, yep. really outstanding. But it, you bring your own unique twist to it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I wanted, I, you know, I've done a lot of serious songs, you know, I felt like yeah. I'd sung about family and, and faith and the flag, you know, and I, I thought I need to show a little bit more sense of humor, you know, side. And so I, I got together with my buddy Paul Overstreet, who wrote songs like Forever Never mm. Amen, you know, Honey, I Don't Care, I Ain't yeah. in Love With Your Hair, you know, <laughs> lines like that were just funny lines. And I needed that sense of humor. I needed his touch on this. So he and I wrote the title track, The Rest of It's Mine, and sang it together. And that is kind of a, a an anthem for all the empty nesters out there. You know, I have some friends of, who's who's, you know, they're retired now and yeah. their kids are starting to boomerang back. And I thought I'd, I thought I'd write a message to my kids before they start. See, that's what I love, that lyrics are great. The music is so catchy. Yep. And we are going to let you sing it okay. because you don't have laryngitis this time. So while we get ready to perform, Keith Bilber is going to tell you how to get this brand new album by Billy Dean. And believe me, you're going to want it. Keith? Just go to Huckabee.tv for links to all of Billy's music and tour dates, plus an exclusive performance of his classic Somewhere in My Broken Heart. Now, performing the title song from his new album, The Rest of It's Mine, with Trey Corley and Music City Connection, Mike on bass, here's Billy Dean! Got the rest of its mind. The rest of its mind. The 
Day by day, cause the rest of it's mine. 